So, isn't it wonderful to be here? It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. I have no flowers on. I'd like to be dressed like cans here today. I'd like to take that off and just put it on me because flowers, Mother's Day, all goes this, it all goes together. So I just want to give a quick shout out to the moms in the house. Let's put our hands together and clap for them. Well done. I am a mom and a granny. I think granny's, granny's much better than being a mom. I tell you, it's much better to be a granny than a mom. That's, that's your ultimate aim is be a granny because it really is nice. It does feel a little bit like we are, are the granny in the house here, but it's wonderful. But I do want to give a special shout out to our single moms. I do. They are amazing. You know what it's like, parents that are together, that you've always got somebody to bounce stuff off. You've got people to help you make decisions. Uh, yeah, you might fight with them, but, but, but there's, there, there's two of you against the brood. When you are a single mom, it's you against the brood. And it may be against a spouse that's telling you that you're doing everything wrong. So I want to say, if you're a single mom in the house, just raise your hand. I can't raise it too much. Raise your hand if you're a single mom. Let's clap like crazy for her or for them. Come on. You deserve every clap that you get this morning. So I don't have a Mother's Day message. So guys, relax. It's not all going to be about flowers and, and everything. But I am going to preach from a very well-worn scripture. It's well-worn. But I want to, before I go there, let's hope they, that you, you've got it. Have you got my picture? You've got my picture. Ah, my picture. A well-worn picture. It's an optical illusion. Who of you can see the young woman? Huh? Who of you can see the old woman? Okay, now relook. Relook and try and find the one that you couldn't see. You should be able to see an old woman, and you should be able to see a young woman. Can you do it? Have you done it? Okay. So sometimes we have to shift our focus in order to see something different, don't we? So I want us this morning, as we take a look at this passage of Scripture that I'm going to share with you now, I want you to shift your focus. I want you to look at things a little bit differently. So we had the greatest privilege last year, the year before, to go to Rory Dyer's daughter's wedding. Give a shout out to Rory. Come on, he's, he's loved in this house and he's, he's just, the, they're the most magnificent family. And you know what? He did something at his daughter's wedding that I hope sticks with me forever. You two, come. You two beauties. We're missing the slaves, eh? We're missing those other ones that you always see up here. So let me put some other ones on the stage. Slaves, they just are everywhere. Okay, they're not the newest married. You've been married for how long? 17. And she looks like this after 17 years. I didn't look like that. Okay, face each other. Okay, so this is what Rory did at his daughter's wedding. He preached but he didn't preach, you know how they normally do it, eh? Like he didn't preach like this at them. What he did was he stood behind his daughter. You'd think he'd stand in front because she was beautiful. Hold hands. She stood behind, he stood behind his daughter and he said to the groom, he says, don't look at me. 
says, look at your bride. Look at your bride. And then he proceeded to say what he saw in the groom's eyes. And what did he see in the groom's eyes? What was Rory seeing in that boy who was about to take his daughter off to, to wherever? And he said, what do I see in the groom's eyes? I see hope. I see joy. I see purpose. I see beauty. I see a future. I see something potent. I see something magnificent. I see something in the groom's eyes. In the groom's eyes. Don't look at me. Keep looking at your bride. Keep looking at your bride. Focus. Just focus. And my eyes are in his eyes. And I'm just seeing what he sees in his, in his beautiful bride. Beautiful bride. You may kiss the bride. <laughs> Come on. Now that's when you clap. Come on. I'd love us to look at Proverbs 31. I know. There's like a silent groan, ladies. I heard it. Ladies, don't leave the room. Men, no elbows out to nudge. No squeezing of the hands. I want us to look at Proverbs 31 in a from a different perspective. I would love to be able to say to you, let's look in the groom's eyes to see what he says about the church. Matthew Henry 17th century theologian, he's an old dude, that's all you need to know, wrote this. This passage is to be applied to individuals, but may it not also be applied to the church of God, which is described as the virtuous spouse. We are the bride of Christ. The groom looks at us like this. A little bit of context. I do get excited. Yolanda, I am not going to get on my knees, just to let you know. I don't have the flexibility that Craig has. A little bit of context, Proverbs 31, from verse 10 to 30 something or other. It says, it is an acrostic poem. I don't know how many of you liked poetry in your day. Hands up, poetry lovers, not me. So, it's an acrostic poem, which means that the, the first, the, the letter of the alphabet, the Hebrew al alphabet, it goes in order, from Aleph to Tav. I thought last night, I thought it was Alpha to Omega. And then I said, where is Omega? It's not there. Oh, that's Greek. Now, this is Hebrew. And every letter is pictorial. And it's got a deeper meaning. It's got, actually, it's got a very, very, each letter has, it's not like A, like that's A. It's not like that. It's got a broad, deep meaning of, of what that picture entails, the strokes and the lines and everything. So what I want to do this morning is just take you through. I can't take you. I said to, I, I, I did sort of ask Dylan, I said, can I have a series? Because it, it's so much in there. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pick out the bits that I felt was pertinent for me, that I felt the Holy Spirit just stir in me. So if you're ready... Just remember, if you could only see the old woman before, just take another look. Take another look and see the young woman now in this passage. Don't look at your wife. Look at the church. Look at the church. See what the church looks like 
through the groom's eyes? What does he see us? And if we can start, verse 10, that's the Aleph. It says, in the TPT and also in the Amplified Version, it says, she is a woman of strength and valor. And the Hebrew word there is Cahill. It's in there. That's not the, the Aleph is the, is, the, is the first part. And the Hebrew word Cahill means mighty, wealthy, excellent, morally righteous, full of substance, and mighty like an army. This is a warring bride. This is a bride that comes together. This is a bride that has a war cry. This is a bride that's got purpose. This is a bride that's united. Have you ever seen an army of one? Oh. How can the Proverbs 31 stand as a woman alone? How can she? She can't. But as a church... Can we, as a church, can we be that warring bride? Can we be that army? Can we be Cahill with full of excellence, full of, full of might, full of valor, full of, full of bravery? Why? Because we need a war for this world. We need to war against injustice. We need to war in prayer for our families, for our neighbors, for our schools, for our nation. We need to do it. God is entrusting us to do that. So that's what, he's, that's what he's seeing when he stands and he looks at her. When Jesus stands and looks, he sees in her that warring part. You've, heard, you've seen the picture of the, the bride with her army boots on. Something like that. We're a warring bride. We're virtuous. We are mighty. We're excellent. We're capable. That's what he's seeing. Do we feel capable all the time? Not so much. But the bride of Christ, that's what he sees in her. That's the hope. That's the, that's the beauty that he sees in her. That's verse 10. Verse 11 says, her husband can trust her. So remember, we've got, gone, gone from there. Who can find a more virtuous and capable wife? She's more precious than rubies. I've left that out. Precious than rubies? What color are rubies? Red. What color is the blood of Christ? Red. What is more precious than rubies? Is the precious blood of Jesus more, worth more than rubies? This wife of his, this bride of Christ, paid the highest price, more valuable. We are more valuable to him than any ruby because he shed his precious blood. Okay, sorry. Then verse 11 says, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. And the Hebrew letter there is Beth which means house. We, the church, are the house of God on earth. The house of heaven on earth. We are, there, we are that. We are that Beth house. And you know what it, is, it also says? Her husband can trust her. So we're a house. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. Link church. He trusts you with his ordinances. He trusts you with his ways. He trusts you. I don't know if I would. Huh? We're a little bit fallible, hey? And we're a little bit not so nice some days. Monday, Monday through to Thursday, not so nice. But he trusts her. And it says there that, that she will greatly enrich his life. 
Are we enriching the church? What comes out of our mouth when we talk about the church? Any church, what comes out of our mouth? Should, should, we, should we not be watching what we say about the bride of Christ? Imagine if somebody had to come and tell you how terrible Kansas. She's just awful. She's, she's just awful. She's just not nice. She does things not nice. And she just says things and she's just, what would you do to that person? Would you stand up and say, hey, hold on, maybe I'll just slap them. Maybe I'll just deck them. This is the bride of Christ. This is what the groom is seeing. He trusts you, Link Church. He trusts you with his ways. He trusts you. And you, he's already seeing in your eyes. He trusts you that you will enrich his life. You will enrich his name. His name will be glorious on your lips. His name will bring him honor and glory and praise. You will have holy on your lips. You will greatly enrich him. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing? I think it's amazing. Then chapter, uh, chapter 14, verse 14, it says this. And I, I've always wondered, and you know, my, my, ver, my little verse came up on, you, not the YouTube, the U version came up today. She'll laugh with strength and dignity. And I thought, that is Proverbs 31. And they know I'm a woman because they said, dear Anne. I thought, oh, why? Anyway, verse 14 I wonder if any of you ladies have ever heard a message and you've wondered what that means. Or why do people skip over that verse? Well, I've often skipped over this verse. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. What does that mean? What does that mean? That I must be a merchant ship. Those are not pretty. They're not skinny. They're not beautiful. A merchant, I've got to be like a merchant ship. Bringing food from afar, what does that mean? What does that mean? And it all comes, it all sort of flops into place when you see the, the Hebrew letter is, is hey. And its meaning is the breath of God. Hey, the breath of God. So then could it be that we are like merchant ships and we have got to go far, far away, far away. Far away from the cultures of this world. Far away from your culture. Far away from the, the Instagram and the, the Facebook. And far away from what other people are saying. Far, far away. Far, far above. Far, far above. We need to feel the breath of God on our faces. We need to feel the breath of God in our ears. We need to, we need to feel his breath. We need to go. It says of Christ in Ephesians that he is seated far above, far above all principalities and powers, far above, far above. So we need to go there, so that's one. We need to go there, but what for? To get sustenance, like a merchant ship, load with some food, because you've got people to feed. You've got people to feed. Church, you've got people to feed. You've got the lonely to feed. You've got your office to feed. You've got your schoolroom to feed. You've got, you've got people in your world that... If you left this job up to Dylan Tess, they can't reach into your boardroom. They can't reach into your shop. They can't reach into the homes that you can get into. They can't, but you can. The bride of Christ. Can she go far, far away to feel the... And, and yes, I know, he is closer than a brother. But 
far, far above the culture of the world. Is it, isn't it time to stop up those little pretty Facebook quotes and saying, that's my bread for the day? Is it time to actually sail somewhere? Is it time to actually dig deep? Is it time to go and find and feel his breath for the reason of you have to have some fresh bread, some fresh goods, some goods that are going to feed people. Because it says, the very next verse, it says she gets up at dawn, before dawn, sorry, she still gets up when it's dark. So, so, so when you read it as a woman, it's like, oh man, I can't do that. I can't do that. But you know what? As a church, we can. As a church, we can. Maybe one day I can't feel like that, but you can. You're young. You can get up before dawn, can't you? Oh, no, teenagers, sorry. That's the other way around. The old people get up before dawn. The young people can go way into the night looking for food. Not food, food. Looking for something for people's souls. Looking, for, look, looking to sustain them. Looking to prepare food for our families. Not, not food, food. But food, manna from heaven, revelation, that's what we need. We need to go far above, far above the culture of this world. Oh gosh, I'm really racing through this. Verse 17, it says she's energetic and strong and a hard worker. And in the TPT, it says she wraps herself in strength, might, and power. What reminds us of might and power in the church? Think about the church. Who? Who is that? Who is that that will wrap me with strength and might and power? It's the Holy Spirit. I know that verse always makes, or it used to make me, as when, I, when I read it just with a woman involved, in, I thought, every man wants a strong, energetic woman. Don't they? Don't they? Hey? You want her to be strong and energetic because, yeah, you just want her to be strong and energetic. As a church... As a church, we can be strong and energetic, and we can be wrapped with the strength and the might of the power of the Holy Spirit, and we can do it together. We can do it together. This, this is the Hebrew word chet, C-H-E-T, but it's said chet. I know you down here don't really do that much. Anyway, chet. And this letter is a letter of life and grace, going beyond our limitations, also means spending time in community, moving, and working together. Isn't that beautiful? So when I'm flagging in energy, can I ask you, Mac, to come and work with me in community and help me when I'm, when I'm flagging? Will you be able to do it? Probably. And when, when he's flagging, can, can we come around him and help him to work with strength and energy? It's a life of grace. It's a life of grace. It's working together in community. We can't do this on our own. And you know what? The church is such a beautiful idea. It's not an idea of man. It's a God-breathed idea. This church was not, well, it was not birthed from Dylan Tess. This church was birthed by the plan and mission of God. You're in the right place, guys. This church, this church. I think we can do this together. Verse 18 speaks about her lamp burns late into the night. Lamp signifies hope. Link Church, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. 
And if you do lose hope, go and sit next to somebody who has hope so that their hope can burn brightly and, 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 and just inspire you again. That's why you come on a Sunday. It's because you come to sit with other people whose lamps are burning brightly. And just sit under their glow for a bit. Your lamp burns brightly. Let it burn for those who have no hope. Let it burn for those who are downcast. Let it burn for those who have no hope in this nation. We have to have a hope in this nation. We have to, we have to know that God has ordained such a time as this for you here today in this nation. The church is the answer for this nation. It's not just a fanciful idea. The church is the answer. Not because I say so. Birthed by God. That's why. Verse 20 says, She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. Very self-explanatory. Link church. What if we became the neighborhood mom? We're talking mom's day. What if we became the neighborhood mom? What if we invited the lost, the lonely, in here. It says, open your arms. It doesn't say, show them into a seat and sit them down and don't open your heart, don't open your arms, just let them be in your, in your meeting. No, 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 we extend our arms to the poor and the needy. Who are the poor? Craig spoke so brilliantly last week about it. Just go get the message. It's, it's, it's the economically poor, but it's also those poverty in spirit, the wayward child. And also, guys, you have Link Foundation, for goodness sake. Get behind it. They're doing something. They're doing something. So get behind it. It's, they're extending their, their arms to the needy. They're extending their... Just be a part of that. Just be a part. It's really easy. But it's quite simple. It's, it's so simple. That, that, it feels like as a woman you can do that. But as a church, how much more effective can we be if we do that? Do it together. Do it together. Uh, I, we, uh, we've got an NPO at home, and I've landed up in the position of heading that up. And sometimes we say to the corporates, you can't do what we do. You can't. It's just impossible for you to do what we do. But we can't do what we do without you. We need you to do what you do and give to us so that we can do what we can do, which you can't do. So together, we can make a massive difference. And that's what it is like here in this church. Together, we can make more difference than if we were on our own. I've got a horse story. The horse story, uh, a horse can pull 3,000, one horse can pull 3,600 kilograms, okay, by itself. Not your average pony, okay, not your little riding horse that you ride. The, a, a, a workhorse can pull 3,600. Two horses yoked together can pull a load of 11,000 kgs. Isn't that amazing? More than double. Don't ask me to do the maths. I can't. More than double. So you put, a, you put your effort in, you work together, you extend your hand, and you extend your hand, suddenly you're pulling a load way more than what you can do on your own. Isn't it phenomenal? I love it. I do. Um, then verse 25, this came up in my feed today. I haven't even opened my Bible, but it's all there, I promise. Verse 25, Came up on my thing. It says, she's clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without a fear of the future. If I get another key, key ring with that on, or another person sends me that verse for me, I don't know. I don't know. But as a church, 
Do you know that that Hebrew letter is A-N? I don't know whether I'm saying it right. And it's a picture of an eye. What did I keep saying to Grant? Keep your eyes on the bride. I'd never, I'd never, I'd never have to say that to Kent. Her eyes are on the bride. We have a vision of a wonderful Savior. We have a vision of Jesus in our eyes. We have to make sure that our eyes are open. We may have to make sure that our eyes are looking at the right place, looking at our groom. Fill our eyes with a vision of Jesus. Link Church, you've heard this before. We don't need a worldview. We need a? We need a word view. People perish for lack of vision. And we do. Our eyes start to wonder. We start to, start to look at the things of the world. We'll perish. Fix your gaze steadily into the eyes of your groom. Fill your eyes with the vision of who he is. Then we can laugh at the future. Then we can stand with confidence about what's going to happen next because our eyes are fixed on someone who loves us unconditionally, on someone who has the best in, at, at heart for us, who does us good at every turn. He loves the church. He loves his bride. I have not met one groom that went into his wedding saying, oh, I wonder if this will work. I haven't met one person like that. When people get divorced, there's a death of dreams. There's a death of hope. There's a death that happens. Our bridegroom, Jesus, never came into this relationship with us thinking that he's going to get out somehow. His eyes are fixed on you. His eyes of grace, his eyes of mercy are fixed on you. And he sees you more potent than you've ever seen yourself. He sees this bride of Christ with a, with a, a sense of vision like you've never even thought of. His vision is higher than what your vision can ever be as a woman. The church, fix your eyes. The, second, the next verse, right after that, verse 26, it says, When she speaks, when the church of God speaks, her words are wise. And she gives, the church of God, the church of Christ, she gives instruction with kindness. Her tongue, in her tongue, is the law of kindness. The Hebrew letter is peh, the power of speech. The power, words create worlds. We learned that off Dill. Words create worlds. Could we be, Link Church, the church that's known for being kind? Just being kind. Kind to those who don't look just like us. Kind to those who are broken. Kind to those who have nowhere else to turn. Could we be that church whose mouth is filled with the law of kindness? What law could be better than that, than the law of kindness? Our mouths, we have the power of speech. Are we having conversations about our groom? Are we having conversations about Jesus sitting in our boardrooms, sitting in our school circles, sitting in wherever you may find yourself? On our mouth, our conversations, do they, are they filled with our groom? Is the law of kindness on our tongue? It's so beautiful. The end verses to me also, I feel like I've had some revelation in this week about the endy verses. You know, the endy part, you get tired of going through this because it's, like, it's just eventually ends up too much. 
It's like, what? I can't anymore. What am I going to leave out? I've left out like heaps, even in my notes. But those Andy verses just got me. And it got me because I'd listened to Tess preach a week, a week or so ago. Not last week, but the week before. Go and listen. She was so brilliant. We sat listening, watching her on the, in the car down here. We were about to come on holiday. We said, let's just listen to Tess. She blew us away. Just beautiful. And so I had this. So, so the verses say this. I'm going to open my Bible now. Sorry, guys. I know you're already on the stage. It says this. Verse 28. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. Jesus praises you. Zephaniah says he does a little dance. And he spins around. And he does a whole lot of things over you. Over the bride of Christ. He's excited about you. Seen those, you've seen those grooms waiting for their bride to come down the aisle? You've seen them? That's what Jesus is like. He's just, he just loves you. He loves the church. He spins with it. He's going to praise you. He praises you already. You think he condemns you. He doesn't. He looks at you. I don't think that Grant looked and thought, oh dear, here comes trouble. They're walking down the aisle. Oh dear, what's she going to do to me next? Oh dear, oh dear. And if you look at it like that, if you look at it from the groom's eyes, if you look at this passage of Scripture from, from Jesus' eyes, he's waiting for his bride. He's praising her already. He's telling her how wonderful she is already. It's the most beautiful thing. Anyway, carry on. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. There are things that we can do in the church that are great and da-da-da, but it's that it's that love of Christ. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Link Church, fear the Lord. You've got great programs. You've got great worship. It was amazing this morning. I wanted to jump out my skin and jump onto the stage. You didn't, you didn't want that. But anyway, beautiful. You've got some of that. But it's a fear of the Lord. It's a fear of God that makes you different. That'll make you different. Those things will, these things will all fade away. I think we'll have angels in heaven leading us into worship. Then it says, it says, reward her. Groom speaking. Reward her for all she has done. And let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And in Revelation 2 and 3, there's letters to the churches. And we know those letters. Some of us know those letters to the churches. And they always seem to... You've done something wrong. But Tess brought it out beautifully. Yeah, yeah, you've done something wrong. But you know what? To him who overcomes, to you who are victorious, to you who haven't done this, who haven't done, to you, there's rewards. There's rewards for us in heaven for his beautiful bride. And what are they? You heard of one last week or two. If you haven't listened, go and listen. You get a white stone. Oh, big deal. You get a white stone. Don't give me a white stone for Mother's Day. But it's a white stone. <laughs> He's not, I'm not his mother. You get a white stone, which signifies friendship with God. That blew me away. It was like revelation for me. We get a friendship with God. That's one of our rewards. We get manna from heaven. We get, we get to eat from the fruit of the tree of, the, of good and evil. Did you know that? We get to eat of that. The thing that Adam and Eve were not allowed to eat, we get to eat. I wonder what it's going to taste like. We're not harmed by the second death. 
I'm just going through the, 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 the letters. We have authority over nations. That'll be nice. I'd like some authority over South Africa. Not now. But I'd like it now. But maybe one day I'm going to have authority over nations. Listen to this. In Sardis it says, You're going to be announced in heaven before God and the angels. Before God and the angels. I wanted them to play it, but they still didn't. They didn't learn it in between. They should have. We're going to be announced before God and angels. Here comes my bride. Isn't it amazing? Are you excited yet? I am. I think you can tell. Anyway, we're going to get crowns. We're going to get new names. So I don't know what mine's going to be. The best one. We are going to be seated on the throne with Jesus. You've seen those little love seats, eh? Only made for two. I wonder how God's going to organize this in heaven. Because the bride of Christ is magnificent. The bride of Christ has not died through the generations. Her children are still rising up and blessing her. There's just an amazing sense of what God is looking at. This is the bride. This Proverbs 31, can you look at her? Just can you look at that passage of Scripture just a little bit differently? Just a little bit differently. And see it as the bride of Christ. See that the love of Christ in his eyes for the church. Can you with me? Just let's just stand. Let's stand.